This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories with Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today it is Ed Moy in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. Hi, Johnny. How are you today? Uh, apart from a, a sickly puppy, all good. All good. Let's start with the US Fed. And the Fed has rejigged its expectations for inflation this year, signaling that it expects two rate increases by the end of 2023. Originally, we thought that the hiking cycle would start in 2024. So maybe there is some significance there. Very much so. And even this morning, we're, we're hearing from Fed's Bullard, uh, who acknowledge that you know the Fed has been surprised to the upside over the last six months and uh, his personal forecast is for rate liftoff in late 2022. Uh, so uh, really this week has all been about the hawkish surprise from the Fed and I think you know the, the dot pot plots are really um, I think uh, signaling uh, uh, preparing the market to to uh, face the reality that this ultra accommodative stance is going to end a lot sooner. And that is uh, probably why we've seen uh, just such tremendous moves um, in NFX and in the treasury markets. Uh, the, 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 the expect, and, and what's really interesting is when you take a look at the surge in treasury yields uh, with the short term yields, and whereas the, the longer term ones are um, actually, uh, uh, for the most part, have been uh, under pressure. Um, you know, the curve is flattening. And uh, that really kind of uh, tells the story that we could be having a policy mistake here. I think that the Fed uh, in, in a, in, was probably in a position where they could uh, start tapering purchases. I think that, you know, now that we see the dot plots, uh, you know, the, the Fed has roughly, it should take about a year to, uh, to taper all the way down. And uh, I, I think that, you know, the expectation is that you have to bring down those $120 billion in monthly purchases all the way to uh, zero before tightening. Um, and if that's the case, uh, I think, you know, you're, you're still probably in a position where we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, rate hikes in 2023. And, 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 and uh, the, the, uh, the market, though, is, is still kind of uh, panicking and, and unsure as far as whether or not um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see uh, that, that progress to uh, um, a substantial recovery in the labor market, which um, right now is still in question. I think there's still um, roughly 9 million jobs that need to, to be filled uh, before we can have rate liftoff. And, and right now, given the, the current um, trajectory, um, you're probably not going to see uh, that happen, um, not until um, uh, deep into next year. And of course, all of this is so dependent on the course of the virus, isn't it, really? Because the risks to the economy remain so uncertain until we really know what we're dealing with uh, in the medium to long term rather than just now. Yes. And, and I think right now the greater risk right now is inflation. And I think that uh, even though we're, we're starting to see uh, commodity prices uh, come back down to earth, and a lot of that is attributed to the, uh, the crackdown from China, um, I, I think what you're, you're probably going to see is that uh, the, you know, price, a lot of these price increases that we're probably going to see in the next few months, uh, they're going to be sticky. 
and uh, I, I think that uh, the wage growth is 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 there are signs that it's going to happen, but uh, it's it's not it's not necessarily, I think, um, supportive for uh, um, what the Fed wants to see. Um, so so you're probably going to see that you know the, the next couple of months, uh, it, you know there there is there's optimism that you're going to have a much strong recovery here in the labor market. The June the June is the key month where you're going to see. Uh, the expiration of uh, over half the states of uh, the federal unemployment benefits. And, and that, I mean, if you're not getting a, a check, uh, that's probably going to incentivize uh, many Americans to, to uh, if not settle on, on some of the available jobs that, that are there right now. So, so I think you're, you're going to probably have a, a market that um, will still be um, kind of a, in wait and see mode. And, and right now we're going to see whether or not, you know, where do the... The majority of the voters for uh, 2021 stand and if if you see there's a, a greater argument that uh you know tapering can um, begin uh, by the end of the summer i think then uh, you'll probably see a uh, further uh, momentum with the dollar now staying with inflation of course earlier on in the week we had uk inflation figures and the surge of the past couple of months uh, showed no signs of slowing in May and it hit 2.1%. Of course, the significance of that is it's above the Bank of England's uh, target rate. But uh, the pace of acceleration faster than economists and the bank had predicted with, uh, I think it was 1.8% largely expected for May. I'm quite some way below the US inflation rate at the moment. But what did that tell you? Well, I think the the the, the story uh, across the Atlantic is uh, is similar here. We're 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 seeing inflation. It, it's uh, it's uh, apparent, and, and it is uh, probably going to, I think, uh, support the argument that uh, it's time to start, you know, tapering asset purchases. I think, uh, you know, the, the main event um, uh, for a lot of traders next week is the BOE rate decision, and I think that you're 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 probably going to start to see more dissents. Um, um, make that argument that uh, now's the time to, to remove accommodation. It, it is very tricky because given the, uh, you know, the, the recent rise that we've seen in cases, uh, you know, it, the majority of the public's vaccinated and uh, you're still starting to see <laughs> um, cases. So I think there's not a lot of fear that this is going to derail the economic recovery. But, uh, but I think, uh, you know, what you, we, we have to uh, also focus on is, um, you know, the rest of Europe is struggling and uh, they're, you know, they're, they're on their, they're, they're playing catch up to getting vaccinated. And uh, um, the, if you're, if your neighbors are having a much more sluggish recovery, that's going to impact you too. So I think, uh, you know, there's a good reason to still be optimistic for UK assets, but um, you know, there, there could be a little bit of moderation for the outlook in the short term. I mean, while it's true, Ed, that uh, the virus rates have gone up and gone up quite significantly over the last few weeks, there has been some very encouraging and important data about hospitalizations. And we had some today, uh, which suggested that one vaccine dose cuts hospital risk by 75%, which is very significant when you consider that's just for one uh, vaccine dose. And as you said, uh, the majority of adults in this country have now been vaccinated um, at least once, if not twice. So that data and I take what you're saying about Europe, which is behind the USA and the UK. But that data was so significant because, you know, we've got to learn to live with this virus. We can't have the economy uh, stalling and stalling and partially closed uh, because 
of, yes, high rates of uh, virus, but for hospitalizations or mortalities, it's still remarkably low compared to where we were at the beginning of this year. No, very, very much so. And I, I think you're, you're probably, I mean, roughly eight in 10 have received shots in the UK. And I, I think that, you know, in, in a couple months time, you're probably going to see that uh, um, the, you know, the country will be completely reopened and, and there will be a lot of uh, uh, pent-up spending that will, um, I think, really accelerate those calls for the, B, the BOE to, to taper. And um, your, I think, you know, those uh, rate increase expectations will definitely move forward. And uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're going to see uh, markets uh, start to price in a more normal type of uh, monetary policy going forward. And, and, and that's that should be positive for, I think, uh, the British pound. Yeah, even my daughter, who's just 19, is having her vaccination on Monday. So it just shows you how far we've come. I mean, going back to the surge in the virus, though, that did have an effect on markets because it sent oil prices lower. Very much so. It was it was a, a fascinating uh, uh, session uh, on, on Thursday because you, you really... I mean, right now, this week, you know, one of the key takeaways is there has been a broad commodity sell-off. Um, but oil has done pr- fairly well. It's really, uh, for the most part, it was um, holding up nicely despite a surging dollar. Um, and uh, what really happened was that you, you just had uh, a very uh, uh, bearish setup. Um, I, I think that the crude, crude prices, um, for the most part, um, uh, they just uh, couldn't withstand uh, that um, UK uh, virus news because I, I think the you know the short-term demand outlook for Europe um, you know has has been um, steadily improving over the past few months and and right now there, there's just been uh, too too many just check marks as far as the list as far as bullish drivers for oil that have turned somewhat neutral and I think you you pretty much saw that as an excuse to, to just really lock in profits I mean the, the the strong move in the dollar right now does not seem like it's going to be uh, just a, a day or two. It seems like it could last a little bit longer, and and, and you're probably going to have, um, I think, uh, a lot of investors uh, um, just be a little bit worrisome as far as well. Maybe we were a little bit too optimistic on that short-term demand outlook. Uh, I mean, the UK has been the lead, the you know the the best example as far as how to get your country vaccinated, and and I think uh, there there's no reason to become you know. I think downbeat as far as the, the the crude demand outlook, you know, for the rest of the summer. But I think there there will be some caution exercised, and and uh, I think the the dip in crude, um, it's attributed to to that news, and and, uh, and also there is, I think, growing momentum that you know you're going to see Iran, um, um, you know, revive that nuclear deal. I, I think it's a very tense time, as far as uh, that that story goes. Um, there's a presidential election going on. There's an likely an arch conservative that will win um but uh, that really shouldn't derail talks and negotiations but i think talks continue to uh to linger i think you know there was expectations the deal would have been finalized by today uh so you're you're probably looking still at maybe another uh, couple weeks of negotiations before something can get finalized and and uh the longer we delay the return of Iranian crude, you know, that's been that has been providing some support here for oil. So I think the closer we get to finalizing that deal, that's also another bearish driver for oil. So, um, you know, I think oil could pull back, but I think, uh, you know, still we're we're probably looking still at $80 oil at some point in, uh, by the end of the summer. A final story uh, to talk about before we preview the week ahead, Ed, and the Titan 
coin crash. Tell us about that. <laughs> the Titan uh, coin crash. This is a. This is. This is what is wrong with crypto. I think that uh, you know, for for I think several months we've been talking about crypto and uh, you know the use case argument, the blockchain technology. Titan was a growing current uh, coin that uh, for, for for many traders, even billionaire Mark Cuban, as a as a, a DeFi protocol uh, that was possibly going to uh, um, you know become a, a key. Uh, cryptocurrency uh, as as this uh, industry uh, consolidates and there was just a wave of panic selling by whales that just saw this stock go roughly from uh, around $60 to uh, 20 cents in the, the, the matter of a day and uh, what complicates this story is that uh, you know some of the the, the backings of this coin uh, was with some stable coins, which if you're using the digital dollar, uh, typically, you know, that's uh, a very uh, stable and, and uh, uh, unexciting uh, crypto trade. So the fact that this coin just completely got uh, destroyed and abandoned on uh, really shows you that uh, there's still tremendous froth. This is not, this was not considered to be uh, one of those uh, um comical coins that were created there was a, a growing uh, use case argument for this one so i, th I think it really showed that uh you know if anything is possible here and that some of these uh, moves are, are are going to end badly and that, that it can happen very quickly so there's a there's a lesson to be learned there um, as far as uh if you are a crypto trader or a believer um, you know, the, the risks are elevated. And, and I think this Titan story uh, is a perfect reminder of, of just the volatility in the space. But fascinating is how Bitcoin performed during that. Uh, it was for the most part unfazed. Uh, and, and that shows you that you're, you're starting to see um, um, continued, uh, con I think, um, support and uh, belief behind uh, Bitcoin and also Ethereum and, and some of the other key ones. Uh, I think the space is going to continue to uh, to shrink. I, I think you're you're right now not going to have a massive endorsements as far as going to crypto until those environmental concerns are addressed and until we have a better um, outlook as far as the regular regulatory stance from the US, which should happen later this summer when the Fed releases a key paper. So. Um, right now, that the, the trade for a lot of the, the big coins uh, probably continue consolidation. Um, no, no one on Wall Street is really uh, backing crypto right now or making a fresh endorsement. So I think uh, for the most part, um, we had some incremental uh, positive news from Elon Musk last week, Paul Tudor Jones as well, but really nothing new except for El Salvador's uh, decision to make Bitcoin legal tender. Um, until we see other countries do that, or we see uh, um, another uh, um, big bet on Wall Street on crypto, you're probably going to see that 31,000 to 40,000 range hold up for Bitcoin. So uh, right now it's still consolidation times for Bitcoin, uh, but uh, the, the space is still uh, still volatile, and uh, I think you need to be careful with those altcoins. There there could be uh, um, some more crashes there, and as as whales just continue to. Uh, I think um, 
become a little bit more selective on what they have in their wallet. Indeed. Now, before we let you go, Ed, for another weekend to enjoy, I'd like to look ahead to the next seven days or so. What are the standout highlights for you? Well, I, I think uh, the weekend we're going to still focus on those Iranian presidential results. I think uh, there is a low risk, but if let's say we get a surprise and uh, it's a different conservative that wins office that is somewhat a little bit more uh, reticent as far as uh, embracing the Iran nuclear revival, the old revival, um, that, that, that could uh, unnerve uh, uh, the uh, oil markets. But I, I think that that should that should not happen, but you never know. And there is a possible tropical storm uh, growing in the in the in the Gulf. So I think there's a uh, you know lots of oil volatility we could see uh, this uh, when the markets reopen next week. Uh, but but I think next week is is going to be heavily focused on Fed speak. We have eleven speakers. We get the bank stress results. Um, in more hawkish signals will just. Uh, um, possibly keep that treasury curve flat and uh, with short-term yields rising. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll hear from Fed Chair Powell on, on Tuesday. That's going to draw uh, tremendous attention. Uh, and then also, you know, we, we have uh, a lot of key rate decisions. Uh, uh, the Czech Central Bank is expected to raise the repurchase rate 25 basis points. Um, in addition, we'll um, also see uh, Hungary Central Bank um, raise, I think, uh, the expectations is for them to hike by 30 basis points. The BOE, as as we discussed earlier, is is going to uh, uh, keep rates steady. There, no changes are expected with the asset purchase program. But um, everyone's going to closely watch to see um, who dissents and uh, if there's a uh, growing momentum for uh, a more hawkish uh, view with the bank. Um, and uh, lastly, we get the flash PMIs. I think that's also a very key uh, key gauge on manufacturing and the service sectors um, that will be uh, happening for the USA and all of Europe. Um, some CPI readings uh, with uh, from South Africa and Singapore will also, I think, uh, just um, provide more fuel to that global inflationary theme that we've been <laughs> um, living in. And uh, um, and lastly. Uh, there's uh, the German EFO business climate, um, always important to, to get a sense on the, uh, the outlook for Germany as that has a, a big impact on the euro. Uh, so uh, a, a busy week, um, and, uh, but I think um, everyone's going to be focused on you know, how, how our global bond yield is going to perform and whether or not this dollar strength is, is going to last uh, a while longer. Okay, Ed, have a very good weekend, and we'll speak to you same time next week. Thanks, Johnny. You too. The Oanda Podcast.